Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the ninth episode. Are you sure about that? Ninth episode of the Dream Team Podcast. How's everyone going? I'm Jake Schultz, your host as always, and joined with me to my left is Zolfi Shake. What's up, what's up? Spencer Kloss. Episode nine, boys. And Daniel Ramos. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God! He's, here. He's actually here. He didn't abandon us this episode. Okay, it's, that's it's not good. part of abandonment. I just want to get a bag of milk. Okay, that's all. <laughs> all right, all I'm saying is, back. it's not a coincidence that I looked at his Instagram and there's zero posts. So maybe he did clean it up. Oh, he got me. He, maybe crazy. he did clean it up while he was he gone. He got me. So we kind of lied last episode <laughs> by saying that we that was going to be the last one. Um, things changed. We were able yeah. to all get back in the studio again, probably for good. A good thing because a lot has happened again a whole lot. since it's becoming just beating a dead horse at this point, saying that this offseason has already been off to an insane start. Two more trades this week. One completely altered and made our podcast irrelevant within <laughs> a whole night. And another one breaking the world once again yesterday. I'm not, not quite the one that everyone was, was expecting. Nothing with Portland. It is the Wizards. And the Golden State Warriors. We'll get to that in a little bit, but let's start off with the NBA draft because where else would we want to start off on that one? One, two, three. All went kind of predictable. We called the one, two, three. There was a yeah. lot of smoke streams going around yesterday about, oh, maybe Scoot Henderson's going to, oh, maybe it is Brandon Miller. Nothing changed with pick number one. Victor Wembayana is on his way to San Antonio. He is the future face of the franchise. Really cool seeing him just speak yesterday and just seeing a lot of his emotions, him crying as soon as he got called out for that pick. Bro, he's a smart dude. He really is. You heard him talk. His favorite class in school is economics. And this guy hasn't been to like... Nerd. Yeah, like (laughs) I don't think he's been to like like college or university. So like economics when he was in high school, are you kidding me? Like this dude talks very smart. Yeah, he's very mature. Did you hear what his favorite, uh, what he's most excited for in uh, San Antonio when he first gets there, or what he said? What he said? Tacos? Breakfast tacos. Yeah, breakfast tacos, yeah. <laughs> it's so a good like, thing to be excited for. Yeah. Honestly, he, fair. Yeah. Bro, yeah. He, he's marketable, he's smart, and he's going to be, uh, if he's healthy, obviously, a freak of nature on the court. Like That's the perfect combination for the Spurs and draft pick. I'm so excited to watch him play. Summer League is just under two weeks away, and yeah. he did say he will be there. I don't think he'll be playing the whole Summer League, but he will be getting some reps in. I'm so excited to just watch him finally play. It's I'm so excited to see that happen. So he is going number one. Number two, much to the chagrin of the Charlotte Hornets crowd, Brandon Miller was the second pick, and I'm going to play a clip here because apparently they had enough fans to fill their arena, first of all. Congrats, I guess, Good to Charlotte. Good start. <laughs> Uh, yeah, let's just let this clip play. And for fair warning, there might be in the background some explicitives, so watch out for that. That's expected. Yeah, it's it's, uh, not quite the reaction that Charlotte was really expecting. Let's listen into this. I think it's safe to say you can hear that sound and know it wasn't resounding cheering. It's a collective, Absolutely. what did we just do, basically. Um, after he was picked, they did show a graphic kind of going over everything that happened with Miller earlier in the year. Now, I like I alluded to earlier, there was so much smoke about maybe Scoot Henderson's going number two. Didn't end up being the case. 
Hornets get Miller and will be paired up with Mello. So the Mello Miller duo is very much in effect. Anyone have the same reaction as Charlotte Hornets crowd there? Was it warranted or what? What are we thinking here? I well, is it warranted? Like I understand being disappointed, but I'm gonna be like as blunt as I can be here. Booing and like 18 year old who just okay. accomplished his dream of a lifetime is kind of loser energy in my opinion. Like if you are not a fan of his because of what his like history is and the stuff that happened in the past, I can understand that. But as a collective group, like if you're a fan of this team, completely just like crapping on your own team the second they made a pick without even thinking about it, I think is kind of stupid in my opinion. But uh, I understand why you may or may not be disappointed with the pick because again, Scoot Henderson, I think has a higher ceiling, whereas the floor for Brandon Miller may be higher, if that makes sense. I get it. So I I get that. But like we talked about it last pod. I think me and Spencer and Jakey, all of us agreed that like fit-wise, it would be quicker for Brandon Miller to be impactful on this team. Mm-hmm. So for me, this signals the, the Hornets want to be good sooner or be competitive sooner. And like maybe that's playing a role into the team being sold. A, t- a new ownership group coming in next year doesn't want to be on a team that needs more time to develop. If I'm being honest, most who would, right? No one wants to buy a rebuilding team. They want to buy a team that's going to be competing at some point quicker. So like Brandon Miller will probably be able to fit in a competitive standpoint with this team a lot sooner than Scoot Henderson would. Having to figure out LaMelo and Scoot at the same time would take longer. A guard and Scoot coming in naturally takes longer to develop guard playing guard is really hard so like part of the rhyme but scoot having to learn yeah right (laughs) Uh, scoot (laughs) would have a lot more learning to do even though he is a generational talent and brandon miller probably would at the wing position so i think all those factors played into it which is why i think the pick happened but my reaction is that like again we said it we probably would have taken scoot here in this room because we we want to be excited by it but there's a lot of people in the Charlotte Hornets front office who want to make sure they keep their jobs, and the safer, more reliable pick was probably Brandon Miller, so that's what happened. But, like, yeah, fans booing him within seconds of it, I, I don't like it. I think if you're a fan of a team, you should at least have a positive outlook. Yeah, I have no doubt in my mind now that Brandon Miller is going to be a stud because every time that teams boo a pick, it usually goes the other way. Kristaps um, Porzingis. Kristaps. And then, obviously, Scotty Barnes maybe didn't get a boo because there was no nowhere for people to boo, but... Right. Definitely was a bit of a negative reaction, ended up being the way better pick. So uh, I think that fans need to just give these kids a chance and let them, uh, you know, either earn the booze or earn cheers. At least wait. Just wait till yeah, after the It's too draft, early. Like, it's, well, I think it's well, not like it could the, be a stud. Again, he just accomplished his dream. Yeah. But I also think it's a combination of, like, the off-court stuff, which, sure. like, I get if that bothers you. Like Zelfie said, like, if I get if that's, like, something that bothers you. Um, and I think some people def- definitely wanted scoop, but, like, I don't think that's – I don't think wanting another player over another one is a reason to boo the kid. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's like you said, it could be like another Chris Osborzingis thing where like the fans are unhappy booing and then it ends up being like, well, I mean, he had a good season last year, Kristaps. So, I mean, he's he's doing well, but like he could end up being a really good player. So, I don't know. Could, yeah, could be you, well. you don't boo. Like you boo. You save booing for like results. Your team loses by 60 points. Yeah, you boo them because they kind of earned it. Like, you don't boo because you think something's going to happen. Like, no one can say for sure whether he's going to be good or bad, and he could end up being the best player in the league. Like, Yeah, who really yeah, knows? Exactly. I think a lot of it also still has to do with the fact that Charlotte has missed on so many of their picks recently. Yeah. So I think that fans are probably a little more hesitant because they're like, dear God, please, not again. You know, I, I think it, it's too early. 
you can't like you can't do it. I off off court stuff aside, he's obviously a really talented player. I don't think that yeah, it goes in with what Tolfi was saying. I think that this is just a decision that they want to try to build faster and try to be competitive, especially with MJ selling the team. That's his swan song. He's like, here you go, Brandon Miller. Bye bye. Have fun with all of that. To another team, the third pick, the much talked about third pick was still made by Portland. Portland takes Scoot Henderson at three. Immediately after Shams coming out saying that Dame will take the week to give the Blazers more time to build a contender. Obviously, free agency is next week, so that plays into that. And will take the time to think about his future. Woj came out directly after that, saying that Portland still does not want to trade Dame and that the teams shut down any conversations surrounding Dame in a package around him and that Dame and Portland have not had contact in over a week for what they were doing with Scoot going forward so they kept him in the dark so what are we thinking here I'm, I'm trading Dame <laughs> is, that, is that it is that this is well, the final nail in the coffin in the Damian Lillard era I don't know what else they could be doing that's a lot of guards because we talked so. about the idea of them trying to take their cake and eat it with Damon that they're like yeah we can still be competitive while building this young core which is not working and you just drafted another point guard and now you have Anthony Simons that's there that who's all but written that he's basically gone at this point I don't think that he's really gonna be worked into the team it's um surprising that it went so basic that they just took the pick and that was it and now we're sitting here thinking Dame's done and I think a lot of Portland fans are agreeing with that like I I don't I don't know what to make of the situation it's it's so fascinating because it, it breaks so many of like the kind of expectations you have out of a team in this situation. Again, you said there's probably one decision they need to make. Are they going to build around Dame or are they going to build around a young core? Because like, like you said, it's not you can't really do both. No, no teams really succeed at doing both very well. The Warriors did it kind of one year when they won the championship, but they weren't really a young core. The young core kind of started after, and we saw what happened with their season when the, the vets and the young core did a mix. And now Jordan Poole is gone, which we'll talk about in a bit. Uh, but I don't know how the roster just builds around these two unless you kind of hope that Scoot becomes all-world like in the next season, which, sure, you're I guess You're asking a lot happen. from him right yeah, off the bat. You're asking a lot for him to learn. Who's like, I wouldn't say he's ball-dominant, but he's a ball-focused player. And then trying to, what, what are you going to do, work him off ball? But you already have a guy in Anthony Simons who does that. Mm-hmm. You have a guy like Shaden Sharp who already does that. And then Damien literally isn't going to do that because he's most effective with the ball and he's the best player on your team. They talked about in these reports, I believe, by Woj that they're hoping to really like bring Jeremy Grant back and then be that like extra piece there. But like, but that's a lot of money that you're throwing into there anyways, and then that's one piece. But when you bring him just back, is that team contending? That's no, what I mean. Like, I, I don't know if that puts you over the edge, but we've been saying this for so many other teams. Sometimes teams don't care about like if they're going to win a championship. They just want to be competitive, quote-unquote. And maybe this is just another case of a stubborn front office that doesn't want to Yeah, but Dame's made it so like obliviously obvious that he just wants this team to win. Like He he wants a championship, so he's not going to take it. So I don't know what this delusion is coming from the Portland front office thinking that, like, oh, we'll be competing, like, we'll still have it. Like, no, Dame wants to win now. This If they keep, if, like, obviously something could happen in a week from now, Scoot Henderson could be traded, hypothetically. They they said they're not fielding currently at the time. Who says that in a week from now, Dame goes in and goes, look, Get me this X, Y, Z, get these players. I will stay, get Scoot off the team, and get those players. It's possible, but I think it's past the point now. I think it's done. I think it's written in stone. I think Dame's done. Well, it was reported that uh, 
Dame and Portland didn't have contact for a week right. before the draft. Which doesn't bode well already. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because so. I swear in the past they said he used to be super involved in draft day stuff. Yeah, he was. He was. So for him not to be involved, I think like, yeah. no contact between the two parties, that's, I don't know, I don't think that's a good look. And now they drafted Scoot, um, and he's going to go talk to them now. See, We'll see what happens. But I think Dame's gone, honestly. Uh, but, like, uh, when I said, like, I think they're flipping the script on a lot of this stuff, I feel like, I'm not saying this is what they're doing, but... They know Dame loves the city of Portland and wants to stay. I'm not saying they're using that fact against him or leveraging it, but part of them could also like, hey, Dame, you're under contract. You love the city. We don't have to trade you. But then he's just going to sit. Yeah, but eventually, it, like, I, I don't think it'll get to that point. But like, if he threatens to sit and he actually does it, he's losing money. The NBA steps in. Like, something will have to happen at that point, and that will be like a forced decision on the side. That's more drastic. But like. Again, Damian Lillard loves the city of Portland so much, I could very well see him not sitting because he's like, I know what that's going to do to my reputation, to this franchise, and everything in between. And maybe, again, armchair psychologist, Portland is using that like leverage against him. I don't know. But that's what I mean. Like This situation has unfolded so differently than anyone would have assumed given the two options that were so clear for them that at this point, anything's on the table. Like you said, Scoot Henderson could be traded a week from now. Like After he was drafted, part of me thought maybe they like wait out the, this draft period and get into free agency and do make a deal still. But like no one really thought about that coming in. They thought it was one or the other. You keep uh, Scoot, trade Dame. You keep Dame, you trade uh, the pick. But now that the pick is here and you know it's Scoot, it changes things and I don't know what's going to happen. I don't think Dame would sit. He just doesn't seem like the type of player to me. For like, sure, I agree. Like, th- he's going to get a statue there one day, I'd say. Brought him to their first ever conference finals. Uh, I I think he's getting a statue there. Okay. I, I do. You guys don't think he's going to get a statue no, there I don't. one day? Statues for me are a different conversation. Jersey, one million thousand percent. If Kawhi's not getting a statue, why would Dame get one? Well, <laughs> no, nah, I don't think that's a comparable thing. I, th- I, d- I do. I don't think so. Kawhi well, was there for the, the, one season. Yeah, but he like, had the one moment that no. brought you your championship. Okay, this is yeah, sidetracking. If Kawhi gets a statue, he's getting a group statue with like Kyle and well, like that. It should there. be Lowry. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it will Kyle's be Lowry. Kyle's gonna get the statue. I mean, like you know how like the the Leafs have like the the what's the statue? The the, the, the yeah, oh, the, yeah, the yeah, Royal yeah, of Honor or whatever. Yeah. Like that, yeah. tra- the, all those people in like statues. I think Kawhi would join something like that. I don't know if he gets an individual statue. He does not. We're also like the only place that really does statues is like L.A. Like some other places have like a singular one, like Dirk in thing or like like a MJ in Chicago. Mm-hmm. But like if you're having multiple statues, it's, it's usually a glamour place. And one Toronto isn't that Portland isn't that. Okay. Well, fine. Let's say he doesn't get a statue, but his Jersey gets retired oh, in a heartbeat. Yes. yes. His Jersey will get retired. If he gets a championship, think, the statue goes up. Yeah. I agree with that. I think, yeah, statue. I don't think they want the relationship to be tarnished. So that's why I don't think he'd ever sit. but they're heading down that way. <laughs> they're heading, they're alienating him yeah, at yeah. least from like on the outside perspective, not involving him in your draft prospect, not talking to him for a week up to the draft. You're alienating your star. And sure, maybe they had some like verbal agreement that maybe no one knows about. They're like, okay, I'll, we'll just see what happens and go yeah, that's from the there. thing too. We don't know. We don't know. We're, we're just all we can do is hypothesize on what we're given, right? I'll go off a hypothetical on the statue then because I think it's fun. What would the statue be? Would it be him pointing to his wrist? Uh, I did or not. Do, would think it be of like it? the wave? It like could the be goodbye? the wave. It could be just him taking that shot where he did wave. Yeah. Um, it could be the bombs away that he does. That's kind of cool too. That'd be a cool statue. Dame has so many iconic poses. Dame is sick, man. Yeah. I hope he gets to a winning team. And I hope it's not Portland. I've said said this off podcast. (laughs) I don't think they're going to do it. I think he's the best player in the league right now that has never won an MVP. And I think that he is like a generational star that I just want to see win. And it sucks that it might not be with Portland. Who knows by the end of the year? Well, it's it's not going to be with Portland if they do with this roster this year. But well, I mean, it's different circumstances. But Kawhi never won an MVP. Yeah, well, 
clockwise. He won a finals MVP. Oh, never won true. an MVP. That's yeah, that's a good that point. is true. Yeah, I, I forgot about it. That's a good well, counter. That, that is, is a good counter. counter. Yeah, he is a study. I totally his. forgot. If Kawhi cared about regular season awards, I think he'd be like. Well, that's why I love Kawhi because Kawhi doesn't care. Yeah. No, that is cool, I guess. But like, I think if he really cared, like I. Legit think but he'd be top ten, top fifteen player of all time. You, so you have someone who cares that badly. You have Joel Embiid, and then it's the complete opposite. <laughs> in the true, playoffs, right? he just crumbles. Yeah. Uh, let's go to surprises because we're not going to cover every single pick, or else we're going to be here for eight hours. I'll go with my first one: Cam Whitmore dropping like crazy. This guy was expected to be a lottery pick, top ten. He whoa, all the way down to twenty. There is a lot of reports about his health and his status and injuries uh he came out and said he's fine and that he's feeling okay houston gets a stud with him it it passed by a lot of teams that i could have seen taking him i thought the heat easily could have taken the lakers especially warriors are another one but cam whitmore is going to houston and that one two of jalen green and cam whitmore and possibly james harden adding a third maybe if james harden's going there ooh. That's a fun core to think of. And all their other young guys, too. They have a great young core, actually. Yeah, like... Uh, That's a great pick. One, Fantastic I pick. think with the way the draft went, I don't think James Harden is coming back. Just based on that, You still think they're going to be... I think he goes back to Philly. Okay. Based uh, just on, like, how much they're investing in this young core now. And uh, we didn't even mention him, but Omar Thompson, he was picked fourth overall. Yeah. They have they have technically two players who were projected top ten prospects, and yeah. they came out with two of them today. So, like, the yeah. Rockets made two picks in the draft, one at 20, one at four, and both of them have the potential to be top 10, right? Mm-hmm. So they, they came out really well. And like you said, Spencer, adding to their young players already in Jalen Green, uh, my goat, Alperin Shangun, <laughs> uh, and uh, Jabari Smith Jr., you have uh, Kevin Porter Jr. Like, they have a very exciting young core, and I think they'll want to start seeing some results from those guys yeah. soon, especially out of, like, a guy like Jalen Green as a leader. So I still think a vet needs to be added to this team. J.J. Redick, I love you, but saying George Niang is one of the vets they should uh, consider (laughs) is absolutely ridiculous. If you listen to the broadcast from ESPN yesterday, George Niang does not seem like a veteran leader in my estimation. I know you played with the guy, so sure, maybe, but I can also see you just trying to throw a bone for one of your boys and try to get him on another team. But I think they need like more of like uh, Udonis Haslam type. Marcus Smart, even though he's on another team now, uh, PJ Tucker, like a gritty type of leader who will be real with you, be in your face, but you have respect for. They need one of those guys. Like I, I, I kind of thought about this last night. Try to go get Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry wouldn't want to be on a team like that per se, but Kyle Lowry is a go vet. back to Houston. He's a leader, exactly. A return to Houston. Whoa, if they paid be... him the money for it, like he is. They a have vet. the money. Exactly. They have so much money. Yeah. Oh man, I did not think about that. That'd be actually a really yeah. good signing for them. It'll be a return to his old. It's uh, hella team. poetic. Yeah, exactly. I think a guy like that would be perfect for your squad. They might have the best pool of young players in the league now. It's a very interesting core, young core. Especially with the two picks yesterday. so many guys that are like under 22 and like good, like Josh Christopher, Usman Garuba. I think I still take OKC's young core, but I do I do put them really close to that. If you, if you include OKC's draft picks, it's not yeah. even close. <laughs> well, let's get another one in there. Cason Wallace going to the Thunder. That I love that so much. Yeah, that's a great pick for them. Just a stud absolute stud that team is full of young studs like we were saying chet holgram is going to be coming back this year so we'll finally get to see what he looks like with their shy breaking out it's the top five mvp candidate last year they made playoffs last year or no they made play in last year they're going to probably be pushing playoffs this year if everyone gets healthy i'm excited to see case and wallace in there another one for me 
the heat culture getting the basically the most heat culture guy in yeah, the draft. JJJ. JJJ, another JJJ, Jamie Jackies Jr. Uh, he says his favorite player is Jimmy Butler. There Said on and off the court is Jimmy Butler. And they get virtually the most comparable player that I thought in the draft. Great this stash. one was pretty cool, actually. Um, what, what did he get picked? When did he get picked again? 20. He was... No, he was 18. Yeah, he was Warriors, were, Warriors were 19. I don't... Ah, yes, yes. yes. I don't think like, anything like really like stood out to me when I looked him up, but his fundamentals are really good. Yeah, he yeah. has like... He just looks like a heat culture player, honestly. He has an absolute engine, too. Exactly. I think he's going to fit that team really well, and I think he'll, he'll turn into something pretty nice. He also fits a need that necessarily they might not have to sign some of those undrafted players back in because you just have a replacement right there. <laughs> and then a lot better in a lot of ways. I loved that pick. I thought that one was really good. Leonard Miller dropping. Uh, yeah, also, before just going back to Jamie, sweet stash. I just oh, a beautiful stash. Great stash, beautiful stash, great stash man. man. Uh, Not the best style on the night, though. Yeah, we'll fair. Get to we'll that get, to we'll that get to that one. Uh, Leonard Miller dropping surprised me. He was in, honestly, a lot of draft boards. I think top 15 minimum. Like, in some cases, even higher. I think he is definitely one of those guys who's like, you have to be willing to take a shot on a, on a guy like Leonard Miller because you know he's a very raw prospect. He played in the G League Ignite. He had some really good games, so I think the, so. there is that potential to see what he can be. Uh, so surprising that he dropped all the way down. I can't remember the team that picked him, but he was then traded to the Wolves. Spurs. The Spurs, yeah. So, like, I was a little excited to see him joining that young core with the Spurs. The Wolves is still interesting. Seeing him with a guy like Ant, like, I could see a pairing like that eventually come to something. But, like, I don't know. I don't know if Leonard Miller, he, he doesn't really, I would say, provide, like, shooting that I could see the Wolves needing. I would have been really happy if he stayed with the Spurs. Yeah. I just like when any young player goes to the Spurs, man. You just instantly feel confident about their development. Yeah. I don't know how confident I feel with the, the 31st, 32nd overall pick going to the Spurs. I don't know how confident I feel about that. Yeah, as a Canadian, he's 33rd overall. <laughs> yeah. Scarborough, man. Ended up being Shout out Scarborough. Canadian picked, yeah, like, surprising. exactly. Canadian, too. I want to see them develop well, but I don't know, man. I don't know if I trust the Wolves like that, I'm going to be honest. He'll, like, I assume he get job with Jerry at least, Culver, though. yeah, he'll get some playing time there, hopefully. So at least with the Wolves, I can see him kind of doing a bit more or having more of a role. But I don't really know. Leonard Miller, too, in fairness to teams that passed on him, like he is a bit of a question mark. More yeah, than probably sure. a lot of other prospects. I can understand why he dropped. I didn't think he'd go that much lower than the 20s. But, hey, like let's let's see. Hopefully he can uh, he can prove a lot of them wrong. It's a good draft, man. All Overall, like even when we were getting into the late 20s, we were still get seeing a lot of people, and you're seeing a lot of them be like, whoa, that's a really good pick. It yep. looks like a really deep draft, a lot deeper than a lot of people were expecting, I believe. Uh, two more things before we get to the Raptors pick here. There was a couple salary dump trades that did happen. The Dallas Mavericks got rid of David Bertan's contract, Davis. sent him out to OKC, and then the Mavs flipped sac- they, they, they took flipped a trade that happened with them, and they took Rashawn Holmes. From yeah. the Kings, the, this contract, they got out of the contract. He was getting paid $12 million to sit on a bench and not do much, and now he is currently on the Mavs. Man, I used to love Rashawn Holmes. Like, I had yeah. him in fantasy a couple of years, and oh, like, dude, when he played, he bro. was good. He was, he was a fantasy guy. I wanted the Raptors to get him. Well, yeah. he, he's a good player. I just saw, the again, with the off-court stuff, that kind of Yeah, that kind of derails you, doesn't yeah. it? What about uh, Bertans? Any he's, thoughts he's on Bertans? He's got Bertans? four fingers, and he shoots well. <laughs> yeah. He was a salary dump. He's he's known as a shooter. 
I'm going to challenge that he shoots well, Spencer. Like, I think he's known as a shooter that shoots well. Recently, he hasn't His percentages been. Oh, haven't been yeah. phenomenal, to true, be honest. True. Especially for that contract. Yeah. He's not yeah. Well. On the wow. Wizards, he was a sniper. But, I mean, I, again, like you said, Jay, he gets a salary dumb trade. I don't really think much of it. Uh, my takeaway is that uh, another Canadian, uh, Ma- uh, Mark Oliver. How do you say Olivier Maxence. Olivier Maxence Prosper. He went yeah. to the Mavericks. I think that's good for him. He's a young rim running forward. He's going to play with Luca. Luca will be throwing from Montreal, lobs. right? Yeah, Canadian yeah. from Montreal. Another Montreal player in the NBA. Love to see it. So I'm sure he's going to have guys like Lou Dort and Chris Boucher as mentors, which is awesome for him. And yeah, like I said, playing with Luca, that's never a bad thing. Canadian basketball. I was literally just about to say, I'm so happy with Canadian basketball. We should dedicate uh, an episode in the future just purely talking about Canadian basketball. Hey, I World mean, Cup Olympics, yeah, Olympics World Cup's up. coming soon, Dude, so let, we're, we're we'll getting definitely on definitely dedicate some episodes just Let's to talk, some Canadian talk about that. See yeah. what happens there with Nick Nurse as the head team, coach man. of that team as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, into the Raptors pick now. Grady Dick. Oh, We yeah. saw that outfit. He is going to the Raptors, and the first thing that he was asked was, what are you doing? And this is what he uh, his response was to that. Toronto is so much fun. And, you know, going to Toronto is why you got one of the best walk-up songs in that moment. What are some things you have to do when you get to Toronto? What's on the list? Ooh. Get Drake a jersey. I need, I need Drake to wear my jersey. That's that's a priority. He's such a Toronto man. Oh, he talks like a Toronto man. He right? really does. The TikToks went viral last night of him with these crazy... These TikToks were great, man. So funny. Bro, the fit. Dorothy from Kansas. I, re- I tweeted about this before. <laughs> I would love if he just came out and said his middle name was Dorothy. Grady Dorothy Dick. That's would have been so sick. He's just a baller. I love it. The internet had a field day yesterday with Dick's draft. I personally love it. He's was considered one of the best shooters in the draft. Don't even think it's close, really. Yeah. He fits a need that the Raptors desperately needed. D- desperately needed shooting. He's six eight. He was incredible from three. Even better was his off ball three. He was scorching teams all the time. He's tall and he's not Raptor like, which goes directly I against know. what Bobby Webster was saying. Was saying that we're gonna pick a very Raptors like player. Oh, they did not pick a Raptors like player, but I love it. I'm I mean, so happy six, with eight. the pick. Wow, he's that part at least six is nine. Uh, okay, short. He be six. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's a you little guys bit are right. short. My bad. What do you guys think of the, the pick? I'm very happy with it. Um, again, we need shooting badly, and I also think he brings shot creation as well, not just shooting. I think he can create his own shot. Maybe not at an NBA level yet, but I'm, I think he can develop into a good shot creator. Um, also, I just love the vibes. I mm. think. You know, last season was not a great season with the. And, you know, like, that's the thing with Raptors; the vibes are always very important. You know, the the bench mob, uh, just championship season was beautiful to watch. Like, the vibes are always really important, and um, clearly last season they weren't. Um, we don't know exactly why, but now with Grady, with Darko, with Scotty, just all high energy, you know, lovable personalities, people, you know. I think there's going to be a, a different energy going into the next season. I think it's going to bode well for the team. Yeah, I absolutely love the pick. Uh, he acts like that off the court, but on the court he's an absolute dog. Like he, he works so hard. Like he's not the best defender in the world, but I was watching some highlights and he just tries so hard. And like that's something you want to see in a draft prospect. Um, he can shoot well. He can throw down dunks. 
uh, shot creation definitely could be a work in progress that could end up being something and uh, I love the pick man the Raptors need a shooting so bad for next year and I think he can develop into quite the good player he also just fits a need of coming in immediately yeah. And from three in not having to develop much and he's just gonna be straight in there and i think that also bodes precipice to another thing with siakam yesterday that came out do you want to get into that first or do we want to touch on marquise noel first uh i wanted to just like uh finish up with the whole grady big thing i think a big thing he brings to this raptors team is confidence which we've seen been kind of a thing for some of the young players on this team Gary Trent Jr., if he was a bit more confident last season, probably could have been better. And part of that plays into the the coaching and whatnot and maybe not feeling supported. But Scotty Barnes, when he's confident and when he has that energy going, he's unlike anybody else out there. And look like Grady Dick, if there's one thing he doesn't lack, it is confidence. We Again, we're joking. We saw it with the suit. But a part of me was like, if a guy is willing to wear something like that and flex, he's confident about himself. And what yeah. do you need to be to be a really good shooter? You need to be confident. Like, pardon the, the pun, he has very big Grady Dick energy. Like, that that is the thing. Like, it's true. All right, you can leave the room now. <laughs> leave. Look, it's, it's the truth. He's going to be a good shooter. He's going to, like you said, contribute right away to this team. And I think, hey, all I'm saying, I predicted it. I called Grady Dick, and I called it for that reason. He's going to be you reliable. Did. We're calling everything on this yeah. podcast. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Didn't Jake originally say uh, Grady Dick? I did. And then you pressed uh, – because then he switched his answers, and you pressed him to pick one, and you picked the wrong one. Yeah. Well, no, because, like, you said, like, uh, Grady Dick, and then Cason Wallace came up, and yeah. then you ended up going with Kobe Buffkin <laughs> because Kobe at 13, and you had this, like, weird little speech about it. <laughs> <laughs> Kobe went two picks later, all right? Yeah, I wasn't I, far I, off I from thought Buffkin. I wasn't on the I mean, I was just, he, he, yeah. The way he said it, it was like, Kobe, 13. Kobe. All right, it was. 13. You know what? I thought it was going to be poetic. I thought it was. Gonna <laughs> I mean, it really, was poetic. Really it cool. Was. And I, I was building. You know, it's called building suspense. It's called building your brand. All right, that's what I was <laughs> no, doing. No, I a great brand now. Yeah. Instead, the Raptors get Dick. So I'm excited oh, to see I him go. Dick in the the six. jerseys are going to be insane. Oh yeah. People are going to be going everywhere. Oh, Someone's probably going to customize good, it with a 69. That brings up a good point. Any any prediction of the number? <sighs> Three. Wait, like, Three? Oh, that's OG. That's OG. Yeah. I saw someone online Two? saying that he needs to pick a superstar number. Yeah, he needs so. a he needs a good number. Sixty nine. Can, can I read twenty three? He could just go six. He could. Oh, six, six would is, be good. Six oh no, cool. twenty. Never mind. Well, who are you thinking Dick of, Corey Joseph? Didn't didn't six get retired league wide because of Bill Russell? Oh, oh you're right. You're right. You're right. They only, only had the patch on it. I was, yeah. I was, I was too scared to be wrong yeah. there. Yeah. No, 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 you're right. Because the people who already had six, they got to yeah. keep it, but no one else can. Yeah, yeah. No, that just point. ruined my thing. Oh, Thanks for making it. But it's such a good Toronto number, too. Like, and yeah. no one in Toronto. Especially yeah. with how much this guy was again. repping Drake last night. Yeah. He was like, he got the follow back from Drake. So you already know Drake. Can I read what he said? Yeah, go for it. Uh, he said, get ready because it's going to be a fun time. A fun, fun time. Paired with Scotty Barnes. You already know what that's going to be. I'm looking forward to it. Got to get out there. See Drake. I haven't seen him a bunch, but I'm looking forward a to bunch. that. Okay, wait. Seen him before. Hold on. Yeah, I haven't seen him I a guess, bunch. I don't know. It's like a few I, times. I guess they've met before. Are they I'm boys? Sure, like, I'm sure like at like basketball tournaments, NCAA, like yeah. March Madness. Yeah, we met a couple Kansas times. Kansas won a championship. Click, you know. so, Is Drake like, sure. there, though? That's true. He does He's always uh, just going to all like big events and things. I'm and sure, it, like at an after party of something, like he's, been he's probably p- played in Drake's home tournament, <laughs> like probably. <laughs> yeah, I'm expecting. Which those are awesome, by the way. I actually love that Drake does that. The presser after. Yeah, it's so funny. Popping the champagne and stuff. It's great. <laughs> I'm expecting the as soon as Dick gets here, 
a fashion video with OG with Gary and Dick. I want it so and badly. Scotty. And Scotty. Oh. Scotty and uh, Scotty, Grady Scotty share Scotty's agents. Scotty's a fantastic eh? dresser. Just yeah. in case anyone didn't know that. What's that say? But does he put them on scarves? No. Scotty Barnes and Grady Dick share agents. Oh, I love uh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I go. saw that. That's they really good, too. They definitely played for Team USA together, crossed over for Team USA at some point. Apparently, they're fairly close already, which is what I read. Yeah, That's They, really they talked on hear. the phone or FaceTime like right after you got picked. Yeah, but I actually want to go back to what Zolfi said, like, I don't know, like five minutes ago, about, like, confidence. <laughs> I don't back know, we it, go. It's, it's been on my mind. About confidence, it is so important. for Like, it's so, like, such a, like, basic thought to have, I guess. But, like, sports is literally all about confidence. You can have all the skill, but, like, if you get scared in those big moments, you're done. Like, you're not going to be a good player. And, like, like you said, dude, Scotty almost got a triple-double in his first ever playoff appearance before he got injured. Like, he has that confidence. And now you're bringing another person in who also has that confidence. And, yeah, dude, I think it's really important as well. I just wanted to z- shout out Zolfi because that's a great point, man. Shout confidence is a big thing, man. Thanks, man. Yeah. Anyways, we know ball. Sorry, continue, uh. guys. Go ahead. No, we'll we'll move on to the undrafted player. There's a lot of good undrafted players from college that went. It's a good draft. The Raptors picked up one of them. Marquise Noel going from Norman Powell to combining the name to Noel. Just wanted to throw that in there. (laughs) Norman Powell shortened to Noel or Noel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, 5'8". Shout he's, out! He's shout small. out! Toronto Raptors. That's that makes he's, sense. He's a five eight guard. He's one hundred sixty pounds. But his IQ is off the charts. Seeing him ball out for Kansas State this year in the NCAA tournament, he was dishing off assists. I watched his highlights today and forgot some of the stuff he was doing. He had like the weirdest fadeaway three shot at the end of a buzzer I've ever seen. It went in and banked in. He has confidence. He has swagger. He threw eighteen dishes in one game. Yeah, I think he's, that was a tournament high, like 18 or 19, something like that. I love it. It's a two-way contract, so he's for sure there. He will be on the either team. I'm so excited to watch him ball out. Uh, Fred Van Vliet replacement, anyone? Maybe. Hey, he fits, <laughs> he fits the archetype, and he'll obviously be much cheaper. He's not going to need the ball as much as a scorer. Uh, do I know if he'll actually get to that point of playing quality minutes? No, but it's, it's a low-risk, high-reward type of move, and if – if they can bring in some, like, they brought in a really big guard in Grady Dick, right? So this is another, like, one where they're like, we got uh, we got some size at the guard position now. So hopefully we sign another guard if Fred leaves. That'll be a bit taller. And then we can have Marquise as, like, a third man option or if he develops the right way. So, again, low risk, high upside. Clearly focuses on his passing game. Can also still score. And it's a great for the score. most part, Pretty efficiently. He had a bit of a tough stretch. I think he finished like sub 40% by the end of his Kansas State season. Oh, but that familiar, sounds like it? Fred, doesn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, but I think he shot 42% from three. So yeah, that exactly. is Fred. So he sounds exactly like Fred. But again, if he'll be a cheaper, less ball dominant version of Fred, I will take it. Yeah. 5'8 five, five, is hard, though. That's hard to develop. That's the thing. Yeah. He's also 100, like I said, 160 pounds. He's a skinny 5'8. So. Sometimes they can blossom into the NBA. You've seen it happen before. It doesn't happen often, obviously, but it just never say never, and then you can see where it goes. I mean, supposedly people that know him say he's, like, the hardest worker they've ever seen. Um, tough to work out of that height. Sorry. That's going to be tough to get past, but um, I don't know, man. If, if he'll, he'll be a great guy to have in the summer league, definitely. Oh, yeah, For sure. and yeah. even the G League. Yeah. I think he's going to torch it on the 905. How many times have we seen small guards on the 905 just come in and just be insanely yeah. good? Uh, there was one thing that stuck out to me the most watching uh, Noel play was 
in the one game against Michigan State. He basically sealed that game for them to win. He hit a ridiculous three, and then on the other end, poked the ball away, and then scored a buzzer beater to ice the game. He he looks the part. He looks great. I'm so excited to watch this guy ball out, even if he doesn't play much. I think he'll get a couple minutes with the Raptors this year. I don't see why not. It's going to be surely if they're competing. I still think he'll get some looks. You got you saw Jeff Doughton get in there last year. Wees can't play a couple games. Why can't this guy come in and play I, get, a I can bit? see if he, like, I think he'll definitely be spending most of his time with the 905. That's no shock. But if he impresses with the 905, I can see him being one of those guys that, like, does, uh, if they were, they're on, like, a back-to-back, he'll play, like, two a day, one with the 905, one with the Raptors or something. Like, I can see him earning his way into there for sure. Continue the Raptors talk quickly here, which I think is the final piece that we needed to hear from Chris Haynes in the Toronto Raptors running it back. There's growing sentiment Toronto star Pascal Siakam, who's on an expiring deal, would not re-sign with a team who attempts to trade for him, as his preference is to remain with the Raptors. Let's trade him and get him back next summer. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> he yeah. shouldn't have leaked it. I, I, I wish he didn't say that, but it's funny because uh, there were some reports, or like not reports, but speculation rather, that... Maybe this was leaked by like rivaling teams or teams that wanted Pascal because they know a report that this tanks his value. So like if the Raptors are actually are trying to trade to him and they know he's not part of their future because they want to rebuild, for example, well they're like crap. Like now when we try to trade him, we're not going to get value because of this leak that came out because people think he's not going to want to stay. So do I think it's that? Not necessarily. I'm just more. Ha- I'm going to take it at face value and just be happy that a star player in Pascal Siakam seems to want to stay with Toronto and I just hope that if we're like you said this seems to be like the nail in the coffin that this is going the the retool and run it back route if that is the case do right by Pascal and bring a team around him that can compete yeah that like that's exactly what I'm saying is like we've all been we've all grown up Raptors fans you know we've seen free agents not want to come here we saw Kawhi leave literally after they won the championship um yeah, Pascal is not your top five player and whatever. Like, oh, where are we going? Honestly, just be happy that a star wants to stay on this team. That's such a rare thing that Raptors fans have never experienced. Stars don't want to stay here, unfortunately. But now you have one, so I just think you should just look at the positive side, that this is a really big deal, and I don't think Pascal should be taken for granted. And he also is a really good star, so. Yeah, I mean, what is he, 29? Is he 29 now? 29. Yeah, like Huge he's twenty nine, averages what twenty four, eight, twenty four, eight, best season, six, dude. Like he's definitely not a bad guy to have around. He's not the problem. NBA. That's for sure. He's in the middle of his prime. So like again, if you were trying to go like rebuild mode, I get it, trade him away. But if you are going compete and retool, he's definitely a guy you want to keep and have there. I, I think I'm leaning towards after this and like the way the way the draft went down, I think that Fred's gone personally i think fred's gone as well i think fred's gone and he's not part of the running back season but i like we've talked about this ad nauseum like there could be a way he comes back i just think based on the money and we know what's going on with like uh mlse and the possible sale of larry tannenbaum shares and whatnot right right i think like money plays a role in any time something like that happens so i can see them being like we're not willing to pay fred this much all right you go and we'll bring in like a cheap replacement but doesn't you know that new money New owner money kind of hits different sometimes. Yes, but that's, <laughs> that's if it's the thing like, with the Suns, right? That's like, if it's an actual billionaire type of owner. This like the Raptors when it's new owner money, it's usually a corporate entity, and like in this true. case, it's a pension fund. It's sounding like 
and they don't want to spend more money than they have to. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's the that's the big difference is Raptors are run by a corporation, not by one person, which has its pros and cons, definitely. Speaking of Van Vliet, Eric Kareen, about an hour ago, at the time of this recording, did put out something saying that Van Vliet to the Chicago Bulls is very much a possibility. He went in to speculate that a sign-and-trade of up to $31.5 million a year is on the table, with the two that would be coming back would be recently announced Lonzo Ball, who is out for the year next expected year, to expected be, to be yeah. out. Forever. And Patrick so Williams coming back. So what would you guys think of that trade? I'm going to just say something quickly because i got to dip out of here. Yeah, he's leaving us halfway through yeah, this sorry, podcast. I'm going, Be a professional I'm going to cover a different sport. It's kind of the same, except there's no ball and they just punch each other. Um, <laughs> Sounds like slam ball. There, there needs some Big context to that. You can't just say that. Okay, I'm that. going to cover an MMA event. There you go. Yeah, awesome congratulations. Give, give a, a round of applause. Thank you. But uh, I'll leave on a positive note. If, if they can trade Van Vliet, for Patrick Williams in a sign and trade, I will be fired up. Uh, I think Patrick Williams has a lot of potential. I don't think he could quite be himself in Chicago, and I would love to see him on the Raptors. And that's it for me. Bye bye. I concur. That, that's that's, a, a that's how you're leaving. That's literally how you're that's doing. How, I would love it. Like, oh. So Spencer's last words on the pod were Patrick Williams is probably the goat. Okay, I got it. <laughs> he could and be on the Raptors. Yeah, could no, you we'll could see. you build him as a star like Daniel Gafford though? I would choose Williams over Gafford. Oh, I mean, be he's, Patrick Williams is a stud defensively. He couldn't really grow in Chicago. Look who he's playing with. Not really a lot of touches there. I don't know how many touches there be in Toronto, but even his defensive upside, like, we could use it. So, and Fair enough. Fourth he's overall pick, right? No, yeah. Nothing better I can say to that. Zolfi, right. got anything he, to add about that? Yeah, like, uh, getting Lonzo Ball in this would be interesting because I will say this. If there's any front office or coaching staff uh, that can probably help resurrect his career. It's, it's a guy like an Alex McKechnie and that staff. You saw what they could do with this team. And obviously we don't know the extent to what his injuries are, but he'll be away from the States for the most part, away from any distractions in his rehab and what he has going on. Not saying that, that that's been part of the problem, but I'm just saying that could be an added bonus. And he is a high upside player. Like I'm like the Raptors have most of their core settled settled now. Like whether or not Fred Van Vliet's there, you have Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, Grady Dick, I think is part of that core now, and depending on how he goes. so And I Gary Trent Jr. And Gary Trent Jr., sorry. So, like, you have a core. And then you have guys on the fringes like Precious. We'll see what Boucher's at. So now with the rest of those players, I would be totally happy with them taking risks on building it out because Alonzo Balk is a low-risk, high-reward. When he is healthy and when he's playing, fantastic defender, low usage, great spot-up shooter. Amazing three-point shooter. Exactly. And then Patrick Williams, like Spencer said, it's he's a fantastic, fantastic defender. Doesn't need a lot of touches. And, like, when it comes down to paying somebody between, like, a Precious and Patrick, if you have both of them, you can pick one and let the other one go or trade the other one. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You have options. So, like, I think it there, there's a lot of opportunity with something like this. So... I wouldn't say it's the sexiest trade, but I would be I would be in for it to be honest. For a sign and trade though, I'm absolutely taking that any day. Well, sign and trades also like you have to kind of pick your poison. You're not exactly. always going to necessarily get like the best things back, the sexiest stuff. Kyle Lowry got Goran Dragic back, who didn't want to play, yeah, and got then they got Precious and Precious. Yeah. Who do we think this is a make or break year for Precious, or do you are you still willing to give him one more year? I think I'm I would give like one more year. I would like I'm more optimistic than most. I'd say in the sense that like. I think this coming year is as close to a make or break as it can get without actually being a make or break. Because if he does crap the bed, I will still be like, give him one more year at least. But I think it is a very, very important year for him in terms of like, 
evaluating what this team can do. You saw sparks of it before, and then you can... Sorry. Uh, you saw sparks of it before, but then with this last Nickner season, you kind of saw a lot of that dwindle away. So now it gets to the point where it's like, you've seen both and you've gotten the coach now that can really help elevate you. There's no more excuses at that point. Like we, we got to see you get that development out. Yeah, agreed. I'm excited to see the core. I think the last formality really is figuring out Fred, if he's coming back, if he's not coming back. But Jakob Hurdle, getting him under contract, I think is the last Definitely. real thing. And once that happens, you know that this team is running. It's for sure running back. I think we've all agreed that it's probably happening now that yeah. this yeah. is the thing. I did not have Fred. I mean, it hasn't happened yet, but I did not have Fred going to Chicago on my bingo card. No. I, that's one of the last things I expected. I, I think I heard it like once, maybe twice, but I didn't think anything of it. They're, I thought they were more focused on moving one of uh, like Levine or DeRozan for a bigger name or like Vucevic, I think, is on his way out. Like, I, I, don't, I didn't think I cared much to pay attention to it because like Fred Van Vliet on that team, what does it do for Chicago, really? Like, they get a bit better shooting, but... He still, if Levine is there, which I don't think he will be if they get Fred, but like we've seen a uh, like a team that has both DeRozan and Fred VanVleet on, obviously very different roles at the time. Yeah, very much. But like, I don't know. I just I see a ceiling there, and I'm not. really... That's a reunion. I didn't even. think I've of. always, yeah. honestly, I've always seen the ceiling with Chicago. I've never been high on them, even when like healthy. I just I don't know. I even don't... when Michael Jordan was there. Oh yeah, even when back me, then, dude, fresh at, out the womb when, when I was like healthy. one years old, I was like, that guy is not the goat. Okay, <laughs> you sound like uh, Brandon Miller. Is Paul George your goat? No. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I like when they were fully healthy, like last season or the year before, they were like the one seed at one point. But that's the thing; they're not super healthy all the time, and they are very top heavy. So who knows what they can do? But. I still, even when they were the one seed, I, d- I just didn't believe it. Yeah, I definitely didn't trust it, that's for sure. Well, how many times have we seen DeRozan just go ice cold in the playoffs? So that's why I don't think a lot I of know. us didn't trust it. I hate it. saying that because DeRozan is a player that legit made me fall in love with basketball. Of course. You can love but, a guy and still recognize his faults, right? Yeah, you're right. That's, that's, that's great life advice. That's great take life note of what Jake just said. That felt really like romantic also at the that's same time. Really I looked you right stuff. in the eyes when I said that, too. It's now that it's just like Jake. three of us, it's a lot more Man, intimate. Anyone you know? listening can't see Cut this, but Jake and Dan are just here? making out hey. right in Whoa. front of me. It's oh. crazy. Hey, Dan. How's it going? Hey, what's up, Dan? Are you having a good time? What's up? You enjoying it? On to next news. Let's First of all, let's figure this Przingis trade out first yeah, before the we real cover Przingis trade. So on our last episode, we talked about the Clippers, the Celtics, and the Wizards having a three-team trade, which would have seen Brogdon getting sent to the Clippers. Late, that didn't happen. Late Wednesday, Woj goes, "Oh, by the way, the trade fell out. It's done." Evans like, "Oh no." And I was like, oh, no, the podcast is very outdated now, and we seem like idiots. Literally within, like, 20 minutes. 20 <laughs> minutes. Think, like, to be fair, we weren't the only ones. I heard a lot of places react the same way, and then after they very were rarely, like, what? Very rarely does this ever happen, right? Yeah. Like, when Shams and Woj are tweeting, it's, like, it's basically happening. Like, well, they'll say, like, like, that's draft week. That's It makes sense that it happened during, like, near the draft. Yeah. That's yes. when I would expect that to happen. Within 20 minutes of that tweet, there is reports that... They picked up talks again, but this time it's not with the Clippers. It's with Memphis. The Grizzlies. And the trade was done. The full trade is Celtics receive Kristaps Porzingis, 23 from the 2023 draft, the first round pick in 2024. The Wizards received Tyus Jones, getting shipped off to the Wizards. Poor Tyus Jones. And the Grizzlies receive Marcus 
Smart, who I mentioned on the podcast going, how many more years does this guy have? And you're like, oh, I think he's signed till 2027. Like, oh, he's going to be there for a while. I thought he was going to retire. Yeah, I thought he was going to retire. And then the night after, the exact same night after, he gets moved. And it was a bombshell. He did not know about it. The front office told him 10 minutes before it was official, the guy who dyes his hair green is going to play with John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. and form another big three of the three of them. First reactions to this, Zolfi? Uh, eh, there's so many reactions to this. We don't have to talk about Porzingis because we already carried yeah. how much Porzingis adds to this team. But now they have Brogdon still there. So Yeah, so this team is going to be interesting from the Celtics' perspective. Uh, one, I think the reason why this deal happened so fast after uh, the first deal fell through is they talk, uh, the reports are saying how, like, Kristaps had to opt in by midnight for this deal to happen. So I feel like once that first deal fell through, the only way this was going to happen was with that opt-in. So the Celtics were literally calling every team. And then somehow Memphis was like, yeah, sure, we'll deal with you. And they didn't – in my – People say they gave up a lot for it. I don't really think they gave up the world, to be honest. But Celtics, all I'll say, I'll add to it, is that we didn't mention this last time about Kristaps, but like he is one of the most efficient post scorers in the NBA. He's actually second out of uh, players behind only Nikola Jokic and uh, Celtics. Good company. Yeah, uh, last last season, uh, the top play- post touch player was Jason Tatum at like a hundred, and Kristaps had like over like two hundred and fifty or two hundred thirty himself. So wow! So he's gonna be a post player for them, which they didn't have. But that's all I'll say about Kristaps. Uh, my my reaction to this is the Grizzlies. I think the Grizzlies did this so they can save their season next year. We already know John Moran is gonna be out for twenty five years. Twenty five <laughs> years, Jesus. <laughs> Christ, 25 uh, games. I was about to say seasons, too. Oh, my God. That's like a Freudian slip yeah. right there. You're yeah. trying to say how you actually feel about the situation. Uh, okay, no, 25 <laughs> games. There you go. <laughs> yeah, Dan, Dan just that. got it. Uh, 25 games, that's, that's almost uh, a third of your season at that point, or at least close to a quarter. And that can make or break a season. So they know that he can help with that while Jaw is out. But more than that, he's also just that veteran presence, that leadership. He is Dylan Brooks without almost any of the quote-unquote problems. I think, uh, in my personal opinion, I think uh, they kind of scapegoated Dylan Brooks for a little bit of that. Obviously, he did a lot of that on his own. But the main point was that there was a lot of problems attached to it. Marcus Smart is a better player. That is just no mystery to anyone. He's more efficient. He is better defensively. And he is more of a leader. He is much, much more of a leader than uh, Dylan Brooks was. So I think having that to help steady a guy like Jaw, you have him develop with a guy like Desmond Bain. If he can fit the mold of Marcus Smart, they would love. And now they have both of them together. And then you now have the back-to-back like consecutive defensive players of the years on your roster in Jaron Jackson Jr. and Marcus Smart. That makes you a pretty goddamn good defensive team. Absolutely. So they gave up two first and Tyus Jones, I get it. But Marcus Smart more than fills up for what Tyus Jones was doing, and uh, the the first round picks I'm pretty sure are, are later are late were late picks anyways. So well, the Celtics flipped their pick, didn't they? Yeah, Chris Murray ended up getting picked 23rd, and he went to the Blazers, so right. they flipped it. So, uh, yeah, I don't think it was a. I think again, like kind of what I said about the last trade, it was a bit of a win-win-win. Uh, the Wizards get to get another young guy who'll probably play a bit. He, I would say, Tyus Jones is one of the best backup point guards in the league. Oh, yeah. And now the Wizards. He deserves to be a starter at this point. Yeah. The Wizards, well, they're going to have to start somebody. They have a lot of really good backup point guards. They have DeLon Wright and Monte Morris, who are also really good backup point guards. Is DeLon still under contract uh, this year? Yeah, DeLon Wright, I'm pretty sure, is on the team still. I wonder if the Raptors should hit up the Wizards. 
I would love DeLon Wright. Dude, they have a surplus of guards, man. Oh my God! When, like, and they're doing a fire sale. Why would the Raptors not talk? I to get them? why he was traded from the Raptors when all when everything went down. Oh when yeah, he went to yeah. Memphis. But ever like he has been just phenomenal. I love only, Dillon, bro. And only he's has so an eight million dollars so good defensively. Yeah. Eight million dollars on the books next year. Mean? That's nothing. Tell me that's not a great Fred replacement. Um, all due respect to uh, Boucher, but uh, kind of forgot he was on the team. I would I would absolutely trade him for oh. Dillon. I don't know, man. Boucher's such a spark plug off the bench. I don't know if I'm willing to move him for a backup point guard. If, if somehow the if somehow this like yes. sign and trade happened with the Bulls and we got Patrick Williams, I'd be willing to let Boucher go. I don't, but that's I the honestly, only the only only case. I don't think he's on the team by end of the You're season. You're trying to ship off a Canadian from a Canadian team. How I mean, dare like you? I don't I love Boucher. I don't like to see it. I I just think his time in Toronto is coming to an end. I think uh, to honestly. Dan's point, there's like I I love him and like you said, Jake, he's a spark plug. But I do see a, a cap on what he can be as an NBA player, and I, I would love for him to prove me wrong. But so far, I haven't seen he's him. Old, grow. He's old. Yeah, he's, we've he's seen old. his. Yeah, that's what I mean. Peak. Like, if he can't be more consistent than that, then I'm willing to move on to at least have the chance of somebody who can. Yeah, like I don't want. I mean, again, Raptors are clearly like developing. You know, got young players, but I think if Boucher is one of the main pieces of your team, because he was a main piece off the bench, I don't know how good your team is. For sure. All due respect to Boucher. Yeah, I'm just shocked that it was Marcus Smart that went back. Woj mentioned yesterday during the draft that the Grizzlies have been having tabs on Marcus Smart for years. Yeah, he's been in trade talks for a while, but just but never. But the Celtics never wanted to get rid of him, and now they do. So, do the Celtics now with their new starting five? Are we just expecting Brogdon to get slotted into that starting five now? I've heard that like the injuries may be a lot more serious than people think. It's like a ligament injury in his elbow for Brogdon. Yeah, is that Man, why that Clippers pulled really... out then? Yeah, that was why. That was because yeah, huh. he brought up how it was like injury concerns, right? Apparently, his like medical that came back was like worse than expected. They don't know if surgery is in the mix or not, and if surgery is, he could be out for like who knows how long. The Clippers were like health. Oh my yeah, goodness, like... no! Did you see? Side note: Did you see ESPN yesterday what they said that the Clippers need for their draft? Well, while I was, as I was making every single draft thing last night, yeah, first you're of all. Off. Just, yeah, uh, just wanted to put bro. that out there that yeah, I. Jake cooked last yeah, speaking, night. Of, check out our Twitter. Yeah, we were putting in work. Well, Jake was putting in work. My goodness, on guys! I, Jake out. runs the Twitter pretty look, much, look, and my, uh, he cooked yesterday. My whole night got thrown off the second that some kid decided to swing on the tree outside of my house, and it just an entire branch just snapped off, and the tree started collapsing into the electrical wires. Oh, it was a great night. So I was supposed to go play volleyball, and then that happened. I was like. Don't think I can leave now because yeah. I was like the first person to see it, and then they were like, "You have to stay until someone can come here." I was like, "Oh, Sick. okay." So then I was like, "Let's Who's just they? make graphics because I only had like the the four that we talked about prepared, which was yeah. Grady Dick and or well the whoever the Raptors picked at thirteen, and then I was like, "You know what? Let's just keep going." By pick seventeen, I was like, "Dear God, someone please help me!" I was <laughs> losing my mind. But no, I I'm really proud of those. So yeah, go check that yeah, out. Good job, man. What was I talking about before? Oh, health. Oh. Yeah. So ESPN said just for the Clippers, what they need is health. That's all they had under the thing. <laughs> That's so disrespectful, but so and funny at the so exact true. same time. It's so true. So that makes sense that the Clippers would pull out of that trade. Yeah, then, but if- it's uh, kind of sucky for uh, Malcolm Brogdon because I said this on the last po- po- uh, podcast that like, what's the one thing you think about with Brogdon is that he's reliable, and generally he is. But he's now had a couple of injuries, and this one seems like it could be serious. So. Uh, to the original point, is is he going to be slotted in as a starter? I don't know. They've clearly grown to enjoy what Derek White can provide as a, as a role and as a player. Well, so. they ran the one-two of Smart and White for 70 games in the starting lineup anyways last exactly. year. So you well, still need someone. PG, man. 
He's a good PG, dude. Yeah. So yeah. You, you just keep that, and then you just slot in Porzingis instead, and then you keep – you'd have the two bigs that we were talking about, like Al Horford and Porzingis as, like, 4-5. I would I would personally would go Time Lord on the bench. I would put uh, Horford on the bench. Robert Williams. I would yeah. have Time Lord at the five, Przingis at the four. Yeah. Uh, Al Horford off the bench, and then you have Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Derek White. You it's bring Brogdon off the bench, just based on these injuries. It's a that, good starting uh, lineup. That's an insanely Fantastic good starting, starting lineup. lineup. Yeah, yeah, man. I think uh, you know I feel bad for Marcus Smart. Um, you know he's a little blindsided by this. Apparently he had no clue this was coming. Yeah. Uh, so that sucks, and we saw it happen with Demar. So we know, like, it really hurts these players. At the end of the day, it's a business, but they're still human beings. So you know, being uprooted from your home, like within like a minute of the trade or the the draft, like you know, that hurts. So I feel bad for Marcus, but he's going to be a really good fit in Memphis. And I think Zolfi, you mentioned this. Uh, I think on the pod yesterday or the last pod, or maybe just in class. Um, that he's like the perfect guy to keep the boat afloat while right. Muljaw is uh, serving the suspension. Um, I think this also shows. I know they're like late draft picks, but like, does Masai overvalue his players? We really want to get into that conversation. Does right he? Now. Does look at what Brad Stevens just got. We kind of we kind of zoomed past this in the last episode. I did briefly mention it, but I. I think there's just so much negative around the Raptors right now. I think especially a lot of people are just like, well, they were a ninth seed, so why should people like put this much value into all of these guys? Mm-hmm. But then you actually look and see how good all of these guys are separately. Like, of, why wouldn't you value these players? Exactly. Like you're looking at OG and Anobi, who all of these teams who let's not forget that the Grizzlies were going to give three first round picks for OG, and they still said no. Like th- that shows how much. Messiah values these players, and for good reason. A 3-and-D guy is hard to get in the league. Pascal Siakam is hard to get in the league. He's Absolutely. a top 25 player. Top 20. Fred Van top Vliet. 15, potentially. Regardless of what anyone says, Fred Van Vliet, hard to get in this league. It's Absolutely. hard to get a, a point guard who puts up the amount of assists that he does, the amount of deflections, steal. It's hard to get the players that the Raptors have, a reliable center. Yeah. So, of course, Messiah is going to value them. Yeah, like, I find it funny... Uh, when people are saying, like, oh, the Raptors are, like, a 9-10 seed, like, uh, why are they valuing their players so high? But there's also a reason why every team is calling for their players. Exactly. You know this team underperformed, and you know they're more talented than that. And whether, as a team, or they can work or not, you know that, as individual talents, these players are very, very good. And the Raptors know that. Why They'd be silly not to know that. So, like, the argument, like, oh, they're a bad record, so, like, they shouldn't be this, like, uh... I guess like stubborn about this I think is that was a weak argument in general mm-hmm. like there's clearly a reason why teams are calling it's because these players and this team is good OG starts on every team in this league Pascal starts on every team in this league you don't pay cheap for a starting player yeah who do you, who do you guys think has more value OG or Marcus Smart OG okay so then he's younger he's more versatile Yep. Yeah, I think the like you said, three and Ds are like so much more valuable as a position than Marcus Smart, who's kind of like a one-two, and in terms of his like defensive potential and age, I say so. Like in terms of like who's a better player overall, probably I'd Marcus say, Smart that, overall. Yeah, like there's a di- I mean. there is a difference between the value and better. Yeah, I just think Marcus Smart takes the edge offensively, which is why I may put him ahead. And like, it's crazy that we're saying uh, a 
player who's been to like one all defensive team is better than a defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart. But I think like he's probably better defensively. Is that well, our bias? OG has been snubbed, I'd say from yeah. a, from at least sure. one. I, I've always said that team. Marcus Smart's DPOI wasn't fully. Uh, I think he got that award based on how good his team was defensively. I think Robert also, Williams yeah. deserved a lot more love for. Uh, I, I think that Robert Williams should have won. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think Marcus Smart is a great defender. The DPOI is a different conversation, but I think value-wise, you guys are kind of right that OG might have more value based on kind of like where he's at. Yeah, like I don't want to like come across like overly biased and stuff like that, or just biased in general. But like I, I, I think those things are true. The things we're saying, I definitely think they're true. Um, but yeah, like you said, like right now, Marcus Smart probably edges out because of offense. But OG, I, I'd say OG even offers more than just three and D. Like you can get to the paint. He actually has low-key good playmaking from the paint when he drives yeah. and dishing it out. That's true. I think and people sleep on that. 24. And he's 25, actually. 25. 25. Well, but still, that's still very young. Still very young. young. People talk about 25, like, oh, my gosh, they've already, like, it's 25 years old. Regardless, I'm happy that Marcus Smart is no longer going to be terrorizing the Raptors. He was a killer in certain moments. I still see his block on Norman Powell's layup in the bubble over and over again in my oh, sleep. Yeah. It makes King me cry. Of King of the North. Makes me cry. And I hated Marcus Smart because yeah. he was did exactly what he did. He is a better Dylan Brooks, as Zolfi said it best, and I think he's going to basically keep the Grizzlies afloat while Jaws out. And I yeah. think it's a good trade for them. I think the Wizards got a good po- pool. Haha. <laughs> Oh, uh, nice. we didn't even get to that but yet. That, yeah. Damn. that hate is out of respect, right, for Marcus Smart? Right. I think yeah, that's, that's what how I was trying to. For, that's what I was everyone. trying to say. It's more respect. It's more. It's a, like a Kyle Lowry thing. You know, he pisses you off, gets under your skin, but that's a damn good player. So and was, opponents respect him. Speaking of pools, as my attempt of a transition was there, was that okay? Was that, that was right? a great was, transition. I don't mind it. You've had worse. You can leave the room after. <laughs> but <it> was, <laughs> I'm your biggest hater, but also your biggest supporter. You so. are. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so CP3, we talked about him being bought out in the last podcast. We talked about him as a possible fit for the Raptors. Turns out he's going to the most unlikely place I think I have ever seen in my life. The biggest bomb yesterday. The Wizards received Jordan Poole, a first round pick and a second round pick. In the Future, in the future, so 2030 and 2027, like, yeah, like a long time. We, we may all be dead by that point. And Chris Paul is going to the Golden State Warriors. Um, first, first reaction, before we even get into the fit of Chris Paul and the Warriors, Jordan Poole getting absolutely shipcasted, like, ship like, Goodbye. The, the Warriors had oh, yeah. one year with him after he helped them win a championship and said, adios, bye-bye. I understand his contract was not good. Right? I mean, they gave him the contract. They gave him the contract. It's their fault partially. But it's early in the contract. It's He's young. He's, he's a young, young player. Like, and they're just like, you know what? I understand what they're doing because they're capitalizing on Steph and Clay's time. Yeah. And they're saying... We'd rather go and get number five than try to build for the future. So the Warriors think, who's going to help us out? But old Chris Paul, and in he comes to play with Steph Curry and Steve Kerr, the one who he famously laughed at when the oh, two the of them. Laugh? Yeah, the, the fake, fake laugh. laugh. Yeah, the fake laugh got into commercial. Meme. Oh, Zolfi, what are we thinking? Man, there's so much to unpack from this. Like, one, 
Warriors fans don't like Chris Paul. They've had a lot of moments against each other. Like they're just they're not friendly. So this is so weird for the yeah. Warriors to bring in a guy they know their fan base hates. Obviously, if he helps them win, that'll change. Chris Paul has been on the opposite end of a lot of Steph Curry highlights. Like you can think of a lot of crossovers from Steph and Chris Paul is getting deked out. So that's hilarious. Uh, but I think, like you said, Jake, this is the a Warriors kind of picking between their young core and their uh, veteranship. And they've picked their veteran leaders because they want to go for another championship. They know, like, Steph Curry is a non-negotiable. So if he's a non-negotiable, you have to, by virtue of that, I think, kind of err on the side of the veteran leaders versus the young core. And you have a couple uh, productive young pieces in a Kaminga or a Moses Moody at times. Kaminga productive? Well, it can be. Raw, but I think it'll be Yeah, good. like, uh, potentially. I, I don't think Kaminga's on this team next year. Really? I think that this is the direction they're picking. They're going to go. They're going to keep going and get players. They're not done. They're I'm, they're yeah, not done. I don't think it, it's. I think it's a little dangerous yeah, if fair, they yeah. fully go to the vets because like, you're you're you're. I I understand you're like you're trying to capitalize on the championship window, but I think you can do that by keep, while keeping like one or two of these young guys. And you've already shipped out Wiseman. You've now shipped out Poole. Well, they still have like, Moody. Yeah, so I mean Moody's there, but like between Moody and Kaminga, Kaminga probably has a higher ceiling in my opinion. Yeah. So lower, lower floor though. Yeah, like yeah, hundred percent lower floor. I think I just haven't seen anything really from Kaminga that's kind of moved the needle for me. I guess it's fair yeah. because he was a high pick as it was, so he has the yeah. potential. I just he's very raw and but mixing him with all these veterans, I don't know how much playing time he's gonna be getting. One thing that this trade does do is it now gives the opportunity with Poole off their books to come and re-sign Draymond Green. That's a big thing I was going to yeah. say. I think that's 100% a part of it because you already know Steph has said bring back Draymond. Draymond probably wants to return on the right money, and the Warriors have like made it public that they're trying to get him back. So this makes that job a lot, a lot easier. Yep. And there's another thing. like uh, Steve Kerr has said that he feels like this team has always been it's at its best when they've had a more traditional point guard in the lineup. And that doesn't mean like size-wise because, honestly, they never had like another traditional point guard because Steph has usually been that guy. But, like, Sean Livingston, even though he was a big guard, he was kind of like that guy for them at times. Mm-hmm. Andre Iguodala, again, not really a guard, but he played that role where he was, like, the pass-first type of guy, scorer later. So Chris Ball technically fits that mold. Do I think it'll work? I don't know, based on his age and injuries and, like, just playing alongside a guy like Steph and Clay. I think this makes Clay's role even more of a mystery. I disagree. Can- Really? I think yeah. it's more obvious what they're doing with Clay, and that Clay is just literally going to be standing around waiting for three point shots. But you have Andrew Wiggins out there. If you have, who's going to start over so you Chris Paul? With that one too. You have a different perspective on that. Yeah, I think this is actually perfect for Clay. I think this is the best scenario for Clay. Why? Well, ever since I'm, I'm talking specifically defense, maybe offense. I'm, maybe I agree with you guys on offense, but defense. Clay has been injured a lot. Okay, he doesn't have that lateral movement that he used to have. He's regressed defensively. 100%. Absolutely, he can't stay in front of guards the way he used to. But he is a big body. He's very strong. So if you put him to guard threes and fours, he can do that. And he's actually still good at that because of how strong he is. He doesn't need that lateral movement as much as he does with guards. So I think Chris Paul, Steph Curry, Clay, Wiggins, Looney. Oh, shoot. Where's Draymond? Then? Oh, shoot. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I, okay, Andrew you start, Wiggins- start Draymond then. Was it with Cl- Andrew Chris Wiggins Paul's not starting. There, I- Chris Paul's not starting. Like, let's get that out of the way. He's not starting. Why I- not? Because See, he doesn't fit the team, he well, doesn't fit. Like, I've heard they want that I've, spark plug yeah, off the bench. From, from what I've heard, they they I think they're hoping that he'll be coming off the bench. Right, as Those a bench are the boss. Reports? 
I don't know if it's like reports per se, but like speculation around like different listening to different podcasts and stuff. A lot of people have been talking about like Chris Paul makes sense as the guy coming off the bench. I don't know like if they get rid of a bit of this young core if that makes sense. I like I would personally I bring Clay off the bench because him playing Ugh. against second units is a bit of a spark plug. <laughs> and That's again, a hot take. I don't think he'd like that. I don't know if he'd like that, he'd but be, he's an injury yeah. pro, he, he he's an injury like uh, impacted player. Obviously, Chris Paul is too. But again, I always say like, it, why not think about playing against second units? If you're a star, if you're a quote unquote fringe starter, mm-hmm. playing against second units, you can have so much more production. Draymond Green is obviously going to start. Stephen Draymond's pick and roll isn't going anywhere. You have Kevon Looney, who I think should start at least because they need size. And then Andrew Wiggins is just better than Clay Thompson right now. Yeah, he just is. I so think then Chris that last that last spot between Chris Paul and Clay Thompson, it's 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 going to come down to who is more willing to go to the bench. And I think I think it should be Clay, but I like I said, like you said, Jake, like Chris Paul could make more sense because he can provide more in that sense. Yeah, Spencer said it best. He at this point of his career is a perfect Swiss Army knife player. Chris Paul. Yeah. Okay. He comes in. He's able to provide healthy minutes that help out Steph get some rest, and he's still Chris Paul. He can still do Chris Paul things. He was an All Star last year. I don't know if I'm willing to put Clay on the bench. I understand everything you're saying. I don't think he'll let it happen. I think the fans would probably be like, "What? Like Chris Paul coming in and making our guy come off the bench?" Who's? But I mean, when he was coming off injuries, he was kind of coming off the bench a little bit. And I like, get it, but Clay Stutz has still shown spurts of him being Clay Thompson. But right? that's the perfect bench player. You're like a spark plug. I just don't. I don't see it. Do you guys I think don't see Clay it. relies on the playmaking around him a little bit, though. Would he struggle to to be that play uh, like, off the bench if he doesn't? I mean, I, again. Like we're talking like it's like five comes off, five yeah, goes exactly. on. Like that's not how it works. Obviously, like you still play with starters and stuff. But I mean, if he's not getting those same minutes, do you think he can still put up the same I numbers? Mean, as long as there's a guy who can make sure they see that he's open, like I think he'll still find ways to get open. Him and Steph are just like as long as you have somebody who can set a serviceable screen for you, and they do the rest of the work. They'll run off ball. They'll get to their spots. They'll they're 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 prolific at what they do. So they'll still get to their spots. I get the argument that maybe the playmaking is different and that may play a role. But like I said, he's also going to be playing against second units, and second Mm -hmm. units aren't as good defensively for the most part. So he'll probably have more opportunity to do those things. So I think, like, that's a bit of an underrated part of this. But I see what you guys are saying, that, like, he's a a staple as a starter in Golden State, and that might be something he's not willing to do. I just think it could be good for his game. Um. Who's the best off-ball player in the league? Who's the best off-ball player of all time? Oh, my all God. Time? All time? You can't throw that at me without any research uh, first. It's Steph Curry. Well, I was going to say, if it's you're going... Steph Curry. I, the thing is, I don't I, even want to debate this. No, I agree, but I also think I Steph is so much more than just an off-ball yeah. player. Of course, he's problem. more than that. It's not but that he's still the me. best off-ball player of all time. Yes, he, he runs around like a maniac. He does. Why would you not want Chris Paul starting with someone like that? You're one right. of One of the best playmakers we've seen... Of our generation, maybe all time. Probably all time, actually. Why would you not want Steph off ball with Chris Paul being there? That's what what Steve Kerr said. He thinks his lineup is best when they have a traditional point guard. So Steph can be that. Why would would they not start Chris Paul then? I'm going to assume the injuries. You ask him to play 20 or 30 minutes off the bench, it's less likely he'll get hurt, and then he might like that idea. The injuries is a fair point. But let's say, okay, let's say in a completely perfect situation... Chris Paul is healthy the whole season. Good luck. Okay. But we're saying in a hypothetical (laughs) perfect situation, which will not happen. Yeah. But if it does, 
sorry, but you start Chris Paul. I'm with you. I guess and I'm alone on that one. I think I think I'd put Looney to the bench then, and no, Draymond. I wouldn't. Dude, put Draymond small ball center works amazing. That's the thing. It's literally it, how they've won half their championships. Their small ball lineup needs to be used in spurts. Like I think it's not like because it, it's it not requires so much more movement. Well, that's why you can Looney comes off the bench. Yeah. So yeah. Like, I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, you guys want to do predictions for what their starting lineup is on the first day? Actually, it probably Chris Paul won't be in it because it's probably because it's like you need to build chemistry and stuff. But let's say. Starting lineup by, uh, I don't know, like, or, or you know, even better, closing lineup. Let's say closing lineup by like halfway through the season. What do you guys think it'll be? Closing lineup should be the small ball lineup. I agree. Unless, that, that they're, was pa- unless well. they're taking on like a Jokic or Anthony Davis. Right. And Louis out there. Fan, yeah. But like, yeah, the small ball lineup with Draymond at the five. And then you have Clay and Wiggins at the <clears throat> three, four, excuse me, with Chris Paul and then Steph Curry. I think that's the closing lineup. I agree. What do you think, Jake? It's probably the closing lineup too, yeah, the small ball. I think just like starting, I don't know, there's just something about that. Something's not sitting right with me. You can see it. Like, yeah, I, tell us your thoughts, bro. I want to hear that. I don't know. I just, uh, my initial reaction to this trade was just I don't really see how it's going to work. Um, there's just too many. I, I know Steve Kerr said he wants to have a traditional point guard and that it would work better. And you, I think you raised a lot of good points with that Steph runs around like a maniac regardless, that it doesn't really matter. He would be really good off ball. I just... We haven't seen it at all in Steph's career, really, when he's not the one that basically be handling the ball traditional point guard wise, right? I, there's just something about that thought of a relying on Chris Paul to come in and give you all of these minutes and these healthy, productive minutes the entire season when you could just play him off the bench for 20, 22 minutes, 23 minutes yeah. instead versus taking off your beloved star who helped you in four championship who has proven he's still very good, regardless of everyone clowning him for the playoffs that he had this year. He's still Clay Thompson. He was very important in their championship run a year ago. I don't see it. And Warrior fans are going to be, the entire offseason, just so at arms with each other and so confused. I saw a meme yesterday of the guy sweating with the two buttons. Mm -hmm. One was Steph's fifth ring. Or CP3 getting a ring because they hate him so much, like you said, Zulfi. That's a good point. But I guess they're going to have to just embrace it and see what happens. I'll raise one last thing here with the Warriors because I don't think I'm going to be able to fully put into what I'm thinking about Chris Paul, right? Like, um, I'll, I'll shift it to Steph. If Steph gets this fifth, say that this happens again and they, they win this year, is he now in the conversation with Jordan and LeBron? Personally, uh, yeah. no. no. I He's one million percent in the top ten of all time at that point. And probably the best point he's guard of all time. Probably, I'm a, such a big Magic Johnson fan, but after that last one, I can see why people argue otherwise. I think time obviously plays a factor into this, so I think if he gets a fifth, I can th- I will have no issues with people saying Steph is the best point guard of all time. For me, it'll still be a toss-up between him and Magic, but I... Top with LeBron and uh, Jordan, I don't know if he's there because I'd have to see him. Is first. that is it absurd to ask that though? Like if he's up there with yeah. MJ and LeBron, I don't think it is. I I don't think it's absurd mm. in the sense because you can bring in like the, the the culture aspect of changing the game. Steph Curry did change the game. He did. Yeah. So you know it's what true. I mean. Like when you add that into it, like only so many players have done that. Jordan changed the game. You can argue that LeBron didn't really change the game, even though he dominated the game. So. There, that's something Steph may have a bit over LeBron, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like I personally wouldn't have him, wouldn't have him in the top three or like the goat debate. 
Because because like the thing is, Kareem is still in that conversation, and if you aren't arguably, are you not? If you're if you aren't like totally past Kareem, I can't put you in there because after LeBron and MJ, I think Kareem still stands as that next guy. So is he top yeah. five though at that point? I think for me, he's like somewhere. Is he closer to five or closer to ten? I think he's to closer eight. to five at that point. Okay. Between like five and eight, probably. Yeah, I think I guess. like anywhere between. Yeah, like five to eight, I'd be okay with. Can I say one last thing? About the Chris Paul trade? <sighs> yes. We've seen, because he said, you know, uh, how's he going to deal with Steph running the offense? Um, we've seen that already. He played with James Harden. And he was off ball with him a lot. And they had a great run. And they were one of the only teams that beat the war- almost beat the Warriors. That's a good point. We saw it. And then also, don't sleep on the fact Devin Booker handles the ball a lot. He embraced an off ball role in... The sun in with yeah, Phoenix Chris as well. Yeah, Chris Paul can be pretty good so, off ball too. So that's two uh, environments already that we've seen. Chris Paul embrace the off ball movement. So you have two off ball generational guards. I mean, again, one of them is very much at the end of their prime. Might even be already be out of it. Steph Curry is at the end of his prime. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, Chris Paul's. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's another reason I'm saying is like I think. The fit is actually like insanely good. Actually, I think it's a perfect fit. I think the trade is out of nowhere, and I did not expect that at all. One of the last things I expected to happen. Yeah, no, is, there's like, no chance anyone had that coming. Yeah, like literally zero chances. But I, I actually think the fit is so good. It's very strange. <laughs> That's putting it lightly. But I think the fit is actually really good, and I'm going to just go on record and just say, like, I, the Warriors, I think, are going to have a very successful season. And I'm willing to take my L on that if that's not true, but I think the Warriors are made a great trade. Nah, 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 I need more chest than that. Uh, successful yeah, season. Give me a record. Give me a ranking. How? Uh, man, I don't like numbers. So I'm not going to give you a record, but I will give you a ra- um, in the standings. I'll say top three seed. Top three? Okay, I, I'm fine with that. That's top a good three prediction. seed, I say... At least conference finals. Um, that's not crazy. They just won the chip like two years ago. Not even. Or was it last year that they won the chip? No. Who won the chip recently? I, oh, Denver. Dude. Denver. What? Come, Come on. Are you man. kidding me? <laughs> All right. All right. Literally, okay, then that makes it even better because it's less than a year since they won the chip. Yeah. Less than a year. Yeah, fair enough. Conference not crazy finals. to say that they make it to the conference finals. I, um, I'd probably guess they're a 4-5 seed, personally, just because, like, Again, Chris Paul injuries. Is he going to play a full season or not? He's definitely not going to play eighty-two games. We know no, that. No, definitely not. So, yeah, and the, the Warriors—they have a lot of talent, but mm-hmm. I think they're one major injury away from their season getting derailed. Always, they like, are pretty top-heavy. But I think Jake made a good point: is that I think one of those young guys might be gone, and they might trade for a more reliable piece. Yeah, I don't know who. Personally, I'd probably keep Kaminga just because I'm high on his ceiling, even though he might not pan out. I think he could turn out really good, though. So, you know, yeah. I guess I'll just stay as the one hater of this trade in this room. That's fair. That's why we have podcasts, That's why brother. We have you here. Yeah. You're a hater. I'm the hater. <laughs> you want to say that with more chest next time? Hey, man, I'm just putting it out there. Your voice yeah. is also going. Have you yeah, hear that? my voice yeah, is like crumbling tired. today. It's been a Zolfie's really had a long week. Long week. Yeah. Really We've long all been week very for busy. the teams. But we're all. Uh, Doing some really special stuff recently. Yeah. Like we mentioned, Spencer's off to a fight thing tonight. I forgot he left. It's, 
it's a lot more quiet without Spencer. It is, it is. I'm staring into no one. It's hey, why don't we talk about the stuff we're up to? Dan, what have you been up to? Uh, yesterday I was just at a Shooting Stars CBL game. Uh, I was... Did you see any Shooting Stars? Yeah, I saw a few. There was like five on the court at a time, you know? And then <laughs> Zolfi saw, hated that. He, he, did you see his sky. face right there? He was not happy about that one. <laughs> uh, no, I, I took pictures the first half and... Got kicked out because I was being belligerent. No, of course. I'm <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, the media pass only uh, had it for the first half, which is fine. I'm going to work my way up to getting full games. Just got to get to know people, you know, introduce myself to a few people and networking. It was really good. It was a lot of fun. How do you introduce yourself to you go, hi, I'm Daniel Ramos. You can't find me on Instagram, but you can find me at the Dream Team podcast. <laughs> that's that's crazy because that's exactly how I introduce <laughs> myself. See, so. we're just vibing right yeah, now. Yeah, there we're you just go. Each other. So, but, what have you been up to? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> He's guys, like, what haven't I been uh, up to recently? Similar to Daniel, I'm uh, doing stuff with the CBL. I am a staff writer for the league, one of three. So if you pay attention to any of the game previews and recaps, there's a one in three chance that those are mine. So it's if, good odds. Yeah, if you have any feedback or want to tell me about how my stories are, feel free. If you want to learn about the CBL, I'm always willing to talk about it. Uh, it's a It's a great league. It's a good time to get in. I, I may be at a charity golf tournament in this next coming week. Mm-hmm. You're, you'll find out. I'll, I'll make sure I put that on my socials. But, yeah, man, staying close to the game and just putting in work wherever I can. Yeah, I wanted to bring up the CEBL in general because I think that's a lot of untapped potential there, too, that we can talk about on this podcast. For sure. Because especially with the off season, mm-hmm. after next week it's going to start dying down a little bit more in off season. I think – why not have a podcast talking about the CEBL? I mean, it's, we it's have good. literally one we have of the best beat writers the biggest in brain, the world. The biggest brain in the CEBL right in front yeah. of us, staring you know, at us, roasting us. Of, of the CEBL is actually, it's very good. He's so a knower of ball. use it to our advantage. I appreciate you guys saying that. I mean, yesterday when I was at the game, it was my first ever game uh, taking photos. I just called off. I was like, dude, who do I take pictures of, bro? Who's the stars, you know? And Gave did you get a, Did you get a lot of pictures of Cat? Because he went off. He had like I did. something. I did. Yeah, okay, I did. Uh, it, the lighting there was really bad, though. Oh, yeah. I can't lie. I was like, am I a bad photographer or no. something? And then I... You should bring a rain light with you next time. Just like... Yeah, yeah, light, lighting for basketball is just genuinely hard to dude, do. Dude, it's horrible. Like, I, and then I talked to some other photographers, and they're like, yeah, dude, my pictures suck. I'm like, okay, it's not <laughs> just me. It's not just you. Yeah, also, yeah, just but, a very hard sport to, f- to photograph. 100%. So. But you, you were saying the, the off-season and like things are going to die down. It's actually perfect timing because the CBL season is ramping up because they're kind of reaching the halfway mark, and now we're getting to the point where like we're going to start talking about playoff seeding and stuff. Nice. So, Already? Yeah, because it's a 20-game season, right? It's for the summer. So the play, the finals right. or like the championship weekend happens like midway through August. Cool. So like we'd be basically covering the second half of the season onward if we were talking about it. So, again, it's a good time to get in. The games have been super exciting. A target score time ending, or as previously known as the Elam ending, that's how basketball games should end on game winners all the time, which is They're what this league fun. does. Yeah. So get in while you can, man. It's part of Canadian Hoops history. Who's been your favorite player to watch so far? Favorite player to watch? And see, that's a great, great question. Teddy Allen uh, okay. for the Winnipeg Sea Bears. Dude, this guy. The Winnipeg Sea Bears. Yeah, they're they're an expansion team, and they're huh. one of the best teams in the league. Is it's their logo team. a bear? Yeah, it's a bear. You can Is look it, it cute? up. It's actually pretty cute. Oh. Like it, it has a bit of a mean look when you kind of see the graphic, but I think it's cute. But Teddy Allen is a bucket. His nickname is literally Teddy Buckets. This guy shoots the most unorthodox way. Oh, it's a little polar bear. Yeah, it's adorable. It's so cute. Yeah, but Teddy Allen has dropped over 40 twice now. 
he oh, wow. wow. he tied the fran- he tied the CBL record for points in the game at 42. He tied the record for second most threes made in a game at nine three pointers, and he's done all this this season. So it's like, pretty cool. So he is a baller. He's a bucket. He's at, he's I think second in the league in scoring. Uh, the the top pl- uh, uh, scorer is Justin Wright Foreman, but his team has unfortunately been struggling in Saskatchewan. So uh, Teddy Allen's team is winning, and he's performing at the top level. So he's he's fun to watch. Just look at some of his highlights. He just throws up some of the most unreal bombs you've ever seen from a shooter, and most of them go down. So he, he's a fun guy to watch. But there's lots of other good players. Like I mentioned, Cab Barber is the Daniel from Scarborough Shooting Stars. He's had NBA experience. He's played for the Hawks at one point and their G League team. There's a bunch of other guys with NBA experience out there, and there's just a lot of very talented hoopers. Pardon my ignorance. Uh, do they end up playing everyone in the league? Does everyone play each other? Yeah, they play. Have, have plays they played each Scarborough other. yet? Uh, Winnipeg? Yeah. Yeah, that's the game where Teddy set the record for, or tied the record for franchise. Is that in Scarborough? That was in Scarborough. The CEBL record for most points in a game, that is when Teddy tied it, is when he played against Scarborough. Were you at that one? Yes, I was. It was was nuts. And Teddy actually played for Scarborough the year before for like nine games. So it was like, it wasn't really a revenge game because he has all love for him and stuff, but it was kind of like he came back to his old stomping grounds and then he went off. That's so cool. I Honestly, like I've been meaning, like, basketball content in the summer it's not as starved as it used to be because there is so many different alternatives Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of people are like kind of turned off because they're just like oh it's a canadian basketball league like who cares but every time i hear you talk about it it sounds really cool especially things like that like that there's obviously talented players like these people could whoop your ass in any single oh, game. absolutely. It's also, also sorry, go sorry ahead. no no go ahead, go ahead. I'll just say it's really important for growing the game in Canada. Absolutely. I like I'm just Especially so when you happy. get J. Cole there, real athletes yeah. like J. Cole. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean sorry. like actually for growing the game it gets people out. Like yeah. I yeah. love seeing like even the CPL, like growing basketball and soccer, like you need you smaller need those leagues. leagues. You yeah. need those leagues. Because then those talents, you know, they they come up and they have the chance to go pro and some have. Uh I can't remember there's a Canadian last year that signed from the CBL uh, to the NBA, um, I don't know if he's still in the league. It was like a you know small signing, but still, it's very cool. Just so pulled that up. Stuff's important. Just pulled up a uh, preview for the Winnipeg Sea Bears versus the Scarborough Shooting Stars. Whose name is on that? One? Oh, is that the one I wrote? That's a wild, that was a home opener for the Shooting Stars. So gosh, that's a while ago, but that was like line. three uh, weeks ago. It feels like forever ago because the games happen so often and they move so fast but yeah dan you're right like those leagues are important they help players develop a lot of guys from the cbl have either had nba experience or they're getting workouts uh jalen harris has had g league workouts who actually was drafted by the raptors a couple seasons ago he's had a couple g league workouts throughout this season uh christian vital for the brampton honey badgers he went with i believe the utah jazz for a, a, a g league or like a mini camp workout and jackson rowe from ottawa he just uh, went. I don't know if he's gone yet, but he got invited to like a free agency mini camp with the Golden State Warriors. So like, there's a lot of talent in this league, and there's guys who you'll even recognize some names, especially if you're a hoops fan. Kyrie Walker, who's was like one of the greatest high school players you've ever seen. On quite honestly, he had so much buzz around him. He's playing for the Scarborough Shooting Stars in the CBL. Like, just look hmm. up Kyrie Walker's mixtape. If you look back in the day of guys like. Uh, on the le- honestly on the level of like Zion and like uh, those like high school hoopers Mikey Williams the guy who you some people who watch hoops now will know him as like a high school hooper like Kyrie Walker is that guy so like mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun stuff going on He's man good it's cool man he was fun to watch dude. yeah we should especially towards the end of the season we should get a full-on podcast going on here I, I get my interrogation skills ready yeah get questions ready also games are free to watch 
CBL Plus, go on the website. You can watch literally every game for free. If you already have TSN, TSN Plus, you can watch on TSN Plus as well. And then uh, TSN will pick one game a week where they put it on national television. So if you just have TSN on, t- on TV and cable, you can watch it on that as well. But if you have none of those options with TSN, CEBL Plus on their website, literally just go click on and the broadcast is there for free. Do you think it's going to eventually, do you think they're going to get a, like more games on TSN away from the TSN Plus? I know that's, a, I, you have probably have no idea they're thinking of yeah. it. But like TSN Plus is very, no, like not many people have it, right? Like it's just a, subsection of tsn that kind of they put all their other stuff on there that like is like oh this isn't as important in quotation marks obviously yeah, because yeah. It's, it is important stuff but they it's not necessarily getting the publicity that i think it should deserve if they're just throwing them on the plus service for sure like i think the thing with the tsn and tsn plus is like one if you already have tsn you get tsn plus with it for the times where you're not at home so you can watch on like a tablet and stuff like that that's part of it as well but, like, I think to your point, this is definitely, like, a bit of a testing zone for TSN to see what the buzz around the CEBL is. Mm-hmm. And it's growing so much that, like, I could definitely see if the CEBL continues this kind of trajectory and this excitement that TSN would be like, oh, yeah, let's definitely put them on more than, like, nationally televised games. Because the broadcast and the production value has been going so well. It's been well-received. We're seeing so many people wanting to watch. So it's I can definitely out. see. Yeah. Game was sold out yesterday. Yeah. Like, games are selling out more than they ever have. The West Coast is buzzing. Winnipeg has, like, a 7,000, like, uh, seat stadium. And they, like, all pack that place out almost every game. Really? Yeah. That's so cool. They're, 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 their home opener was sold out. It set an attendance record for the CBL, And they've, like, been buzzing every time. Because, again, like, in Winnipeg, what other basketball scene is there? Nothing. You know what, what I mean? What else is there in Winnipeg exactly. aside from hockey? Like, Blue so, Bombers. Yeah. Blue Bombers? We'll let the CFL have it stay another day. But... <laughs> Yeah, like, but you're right. They have the CFL, but they like in terms of hoops, it did nothing really right. exists on the West Coast that often. Yeah, so like exactly. Vancouver has a team, Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, Edmonton. Like they all have teams on there. That they Calgary is also another really good team in the league. So like places that don't have a lot of hoops, they are getting so much joy out of finally seeing these things in person instead of having like a Raptors preseason game go there on tour once, and they usually only go up to like Vancouver. They don't go to like those like uh, the prairies or anything. Like you can see hoops, you can see NBA level athletes. Yeah, that's awesome to see. It stuff's really important. I uh, I'm going to Winnipeg next week. Am I going to be in there at the same time? I am. Hey, I'm man. Gonna, they're playing at home on a day that I'm going to be in Winnipeg. That's oh, Teddy cool. Allen's team. You can watch the guy ball out. Jake, why don't you tell us what uh what you've been up yeah, to? Yeah, what man? have you been doing? Oh, uh, you know. You got something fun coming up this weekend? I don't guess, you? don't I? I guess I can mention that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so. I'm a wrestling fan, you know. You can say what you want about that and call it cringe if you want, whatever. Hey man, and don't 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 diminish what you're doing. I am going All Elite Wrestling is the second biggest wrestling company in the world right now. It's rivaling WWE. They are coming to Toronto this weekend and which is quite frankly a really exciting time because Toronto's only had them once. And I'm going to be covering it on Saturday. Ooh, that's yeah, very cool. That's exciting, man. Credentials, so I'm going to be there and uh, taking in the second ever episode of AEW Collision, which is their secondary show that they recently launched to put CM Punk on. Um, if you don't know who CM Punk is, search up a press conference after All Out. Have fun watching that one. And yeah, it's going to be really cool. Um, really excited to go into Scotiabank and to 
watch my favorite wrestling promotion and to write about it and go from there. And then the pay-per-views on Sunday, that'll be going as a fan too. But I'm just really excited in general to get any access to my favorite yeah. wrestling promotion. It's cool it's once really you cool. start getting access and credentials. Eh? It's, oh, a, it's yeah. a nice feeling. Very it feels cool. very official. And then it feels a little weird that I'm like, why am I getting this? I know. Right? Yesterday I was a little bit of a lost puppy for the first like 10 minutes. and then like I was imposter like, syndrome sometimes? I definitely oh, had imposter syndrome. Everyone has it. Like I have it too. Yeah, dude. Like, I was there. I was like, I don't think I'm like good enough of a photographer to be there. And then I was like, you know what? This is really fun. And then I just start snapping pictures, man. Just go click, 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 click on every yeah, single Yeah, click, click, click everything. You know what I mean? But one more thing. We already talked about it on the last pod, but Wentworth 3v3 basketball tournament. That's yeah. a really big deal. I'm very excited for us to do that. It's happening July 29th and the 30th. I believe we're there the 29th? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah we're there the 29th. So you guys should come on out because that's a really big deal for us, and we're very proud of the fact that we're doing that. Yeah, so. we'll, we'll announce more details on like what exactly we're going to be doing there and more details of the tournament and what they're doing as they come out. But a lot of the information is there. They have so many vendors and partners and prizes. It's going to be so many. A, a blast of a time. Uh, one last thing just to turn us back into an NBA podcast for a little <laughs> bit. Um, the league announced Victor Wembenyama is going to face Brandon Miller and Scooter Henderson in their first two summer league games. So they clearly cool. know that Wemby doesn't want to play more than maybe like two to three games max. Sure, so they're yeah. like, screw it. He's going to play against the two and three picks. They they definitely scheduled this That's on smart. purpose. That's very smart. But it's going to be cool. Hopefully if he plays those first two games, it'll be some awesome matchups where one, two, and three can uh, play at the same time. I'd love that. I think that's about wraps it up for the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, sounds good to me. Good yeah. pod. If you want to see what we're up to, because th- I said last episode that that was going to be our last one before our little break. This is our last one before the little break. We promise. So we will not be here next week at all, so you get a little bit of a break from us. And then the week after, we'll be back to be talking about everything free agency. If you want to see what we're all up to on our own, though, you can follow us on social media. If you want to see anything about AW this weekend, follow me at Jake underscore Schultz. That's S-C-H-U-L-Z-6. Zulfie, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Zulfi underscore shake. That's Z-U-L-F-I underscore S-H-E-I-K-H. Give your boy a follow. You can follow me on You're Twitter. You're not used to going third. That's why you yeah, like you looked like, yeah, over. You're like, why isn't anyone saying anything right now? Um, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Raptors Vision. You know, people telling me I need to change that because it's not professional, but I don't care. I'm not changing that. So follow me at Raptors Vision. And that's all for me. Worst case, you can just say you have a vision of a raptor. You know, you just have the like twenty uh, yeah. aggression exactly. in you. Just a nowhere ball. Exactly. I got the vision. You can follow Spencer on as Kloss Talk Sports on Twitter, so you can yeah. find him there because he was in this episode. Even though it's, I'm lolling for him, but it's okay. I built a connection with you this episode, Daniel. So I feel go. feel really good about that one. And of course, follow the podcast, Spotify, Apple. We are on both. Follow us on Twitter at Dream underscore Team Pod. That about wraps up for this episode. Zulfi is literally falling asleep in the seat as we're talking, so we're going to let him go get some much-deserved sleep. Thanks, Zulfi. You're a trooper. Thank you, guys. I'm here because I love what we do. We'll see you all in the next one. Peace. See you later. Later.